Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Ann Hintz. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You know, Ann, being an artist like yourself when you were growing up, um, Often kids ostracize other kids who don't follow the status quo or do things as the majority are doing it. Did you face any, you know, obstacles or ridicule when you were growing up being an artist? Not from being an artist, no. I mean, people were impressed, which was kind of nice to have something that people were impressed (laughs) about. (laughs) Um, But no, but I certainly did experience a lot of ridicule because when I was nine, I was sent away to boarding school. We lived in Hong Kong and I was sent away to boarding school in England to a boys boarding school. And I was the only girl boarder for two years. So um, a lot of teasing at that point. (laughs) How on earth did you get into all boys boarding school? My brother went there. I think they, my parents must have thought, well, since he goes there, it's easy to send her there too. So they did that as well. I guess it was just part of my journey. I needed to do that for some reason. Um, it's not something I would do with my children, but that's what they chose. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in England, but I also lived in several other countries. I lived in in Barbados for a little while and then Sierra Leone in West Africa and then in Hong Kong and then in Bahrain. So lots of different continents. Do you think that experience or those experiences of interacting with different cultures help you get a more full and rounded look at humanity itself? Yeah, I definitely think it helped. I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but now I do. I I do think it did did that for sure. So I know you are author and a spiritual teacher. Are you doing right now what you envisioned yourself doing as a kid or did you envision what you wanted to become? (laughs) Nothing like what I envisioned as a kid. I, I was a software engineer. I had a got a degree in computer science. I was a software engineer working in Silicon Valley for years. And I, I didn't, I didn't know what spirituality was. I, I had some inkling, um, some interest in it, but stayed away from it. Um, cause I was a little scared of it. I didn't know what it was about. So it's definitely been a big shift for me. Anyone in your family, was religious or into spiritual teachings? Definitely not. I mean, there was certainly some religion there. Uh, I was, I'm adopted. So that's another part of my story. So um, I don't quite know what that has changed, but you know, my, my birth family was very different from my adopted family. And none of them had any interest in spirituality. I think that's maybe coming to California helped with that because I think a lot of people here are more spiritual maybe than other places in the world. So it definitely helped being here. Now you had a pretty interesting 
experience or experiences, but one in particular um, that happened with you about releasing emotions. Could you uh, tell us about that? Sure. My biggest trauma in life, other than both my adopted parents becoming alcoholic, was finding my mother dead on the bathroom floor one morning when I woke up when I was 19. And it wasn't until I was in my late 30s and I had two young boys and I was a stay-at-home mother. And I went to a doctor's appointment and he realized that I was more stressed than I should have been in that situation. So he asked me what my stress level was and it was an eight out of 10. And I knew at that point when he asked me why it was that high, it was because the tears from that event two decades earlier was still just under the surface. The tears were still so close to the surface if I thought about it. So I hadn't released any of that trauma. I had just suppressed it. So he used a tool with me called EFT, or also called tapping. It's a pretty well-known tool these days. He used that with me for 15 minutes, and I walked away from that appointment being able to tell the story of her death without emotions, without the tears. And to me, it just felt like it was magic just changed my world. So I started using that tool. I started using it every day. Whenever I noticed I was emotional, I started tapping. And then I wanted more. So I wrote down all the emotional traumas that I could remember, not necessarily traumas, but even emotional memories I could remember from my childhood and my younger years. And I tapped through one of those each night. And I found my mind becoming quiet. And it was really... Um, cool when I realized that the voice or the words that I had been using in my head for all these years, the words that criticized myself and criticized other people around me, they were my dad's words that I had been programmed with in childhood. And I was just replaying over and over in my mind. And when that was gone, it was only when it was gone, I could look back and see that that had been him. And at that point, I felt like I was living in a different reality because things my mind was just so different and that was the start of my journey but I kept going from there you want me to keep going so okay so what why do you think that you suppress those feelings of finding your mom on the floor dead at 19 years old is it because she was an alcoholic and you had to take on a lot of things at a young age or was there something else in the dynamic that you think that caused that? I had no idea what to do with, with emotions. We, we never talked about emotions. You know, this was England. <laughs> I think we talk about them less there perhaps. Um, just, we just never talked. I mean, after my mother actually died from um, something in her throat rupturing, she had throat and lung cancer from drinking and smoking. And we had been told she had cancer about six months prior to this. And we never talked about it again. We talked about it one day and we never talked about it again. So we didn't, I didn't know how to process emotions. I didn't know how to do anything other than suppress them. So I was very good at suppressing emotions. And I just did that over and over. I was programmed to do that. So it took a lot of unlearning to actually start even recognizing what I felt. Because when I started this, I had no idea what I felt. If someone said, how are you feeling, Anne? I would just say, I'm fine, and move on, because I just didn't know. So that's what EFT helped 
open up the awareness of what the emotions were that I was feeling. Now, was your uh, adopted dad uh, alcoholic too or just your mom? They both were. Yeah, life was hell for a long time. My dad would drink. Um, he would go to the pub at 11 o'clock in the morning, drink until closing time in the afternoon. This was in England where they, they close after lunch and then they reopen in, in the evening. And she would start drinking when he got home and she would drink a whole bottle of sherry every night. So, yeah, it was it was pretty hell. <laughs> I wonder, hearing this story, I wonder what made them adopt you. Yeah, yeah, I've I've wondered that too. Um, they actually adopted my brother first. Um, they had, I think, my mother had wanted children. She had had an ectopic pregnancy, and was never then able to have children again. So um, they adopted my brother, and then they adopted another girl. And um, that birth mother took that child back after six months, and then I was the replacement. So I think even that process itself must have been so traumatic for them. And my brother was a very difficult child, so um, it was it was must have been hard for them. So EFT, can you give us the what does that acronym mean? Sure, it's short for emotional freedom technique, which to me sounded really hokey when I first heard it. Um, but after a while of using it, I realized it really does provide emotional freedom. And all it is, is uh, you're tapping on the ends of meridian systems. So tapping on 10 places on the body as you're talking through some emotional event or some feelings or even physical sensations. And as you're tapping, you're releasing the energy from the body. So it's really simple. You can learn it in five to 10 minutes. And um, it's very, very powerful. We're actually accessing the negative in the body it's the negative that's stored in the body it's not the positive so this works on the negative accepting the feeling the emotion that you're having right now so not running from it but just bringing it to mind and while you're talking about that uh feeling it just accepting it while you're talking about it and you're tapping it away the negative Absolutely. part Absolutely. And one of the great things about EFT is that it gives you feedback so you know if you're actually releasing energy. So some people, a lot of people will yawn, which is a sign that you're releasing energy. Some people will burp. Some people will um, cry, obviously. Um, some people will sigh or get really, really tired. And one of the other ways to know is the, your voice as you're talking through an event, right? When, when you've got emotion involved in it, your, the tone of your voice will be different than if you've let go of the emotion. And then you're just kind of saying the words as you're reading from a book. So all that is feedback. So you know that you're releasing the tension. And you did one emotion each night after you began doing it yourself? One memory, one memory, one memory. Okay. yes, uh, or one belief even, right? And, and I worked down to, you get to deeper and deeper levels. So as you clear away the, the easy things, like with, I had to work through my mother's death more than just that one experience with my doctor. There were lots of different aspects about it and they would kind of come up like the next day or day after. And so... Yeah, you know, I had to tap through the, the guilt I felt around it and the trauma 
And it wasn't until probably a few weeks later that um, I had to tap on something else because I had got my brother back. He had been staying at his girlfriend's house and I had never met this girl before. And my dad was in Saudi Arabia at the time. So there was no one else home. And when she came, she made me a cup of black coffee and I didn't like coffee. And if I had coffee, it needed to have milk and sugar in it. So that seems like such a small thing, but I was annoyed with her. But that small annoyance didn't come up until I let go of all the big emotions, the traumas that I had felt. So it's a layer by layer process. And you're just clearing out this history that's stored inside of us. It doesn't sound like, well, it sounds like even though you were tapping and going through this experience, you something else came up. And sometimes when we began doing something new, we are introduced to doing something. If we do it once and it doesn't quote unquote appear to work, we stop. So those things were, some other things were coming up, but for some reason you were convinced it was working because you had this experience of release and you just kept on going, it sounds like. Right, but I had also tested it. So I'd had that experience with the doctor and then a day or two later, we had a 17-year-old cat that needed daily saline shots. And the first time I did it, my hand was shaking so much that I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day. So I decided to check it out. So I used EFT. I tapped about my fear of hurting the cat, my fear of the injection, and my history around injections. And then the next time the needle just slid right in, there was no shaking, there was no nervousness left inside of me. And every day after that, it slid right in. So I knew that something had shifted and I had total belief that this was really working. How long did it take you just one tapping session to get through that? It did, just one tapping session for that. So that was more a more simple event than you know, my mother's death, which had multiple different aspects to it. Okay. So what were you replaying about your dad, hearing him saying something probably when he was uh, drunk or inebriated? Um, what were you replaying? Right. So I wasn't really, I mean, I wasn't aware it was him, right? So what I was doing in my mind, I would find, notice myself criticizing myself, right? That was a stupid thing to do. Why did you do that? You're no good, right? All these um, self-criticisms. So those are what I tapped on, right? I tapped on what I was saying to myself. And it wasn't until I had let the charge, the emotional charge around those phrases go that I realized that they had come from him. So that awareness came to me after I had let those phrases, the emotions around those phrases go. Now, do you do any mindfulness activities or meditation or just tapping is the main? Well, tapping was the first step. So it opened my awareness to my emotions. And then the next layer underneath that is the physical sensations underneath the emotions. So I wasn't aware of any of that when I started. So like underneath an emotion like fear, there might be tension in the solar plexus perhaps, or maybe a 
tension in the jaw, there's a set of physical sensations that we count as the emotion of fear. So I became aware of those physical sensations. And then I had been going to a class where the, the guy in this class always said, there's no need to meditate. You don't need to meditate, which was good because I didn't want to do that. And he said, it's all about feeling your feelings. So when I started tapping, I didn't know what my feelings were, but as I kept going with the tapping, I, I did know what they were and the, what the feelings were. So I, I started to work out what feeling your feelings meant because they had been suppressed for so long. I didn't know how to do that. So what I would do is I would hold myself. Once I realized I was feel, um, thinking a thought that had emotion attached to it, I would hold myself like a statue. I would hold my breast. I would hold my awareness on the tension. I noticed if I breathed in and out, the tension would move around. So I didn't want that. I wanted it to stay where it was in my physical body. So I would hold my awareness on it and kind of just accept it. I would talk to it. It's like I can feel you right there in my solar plexus. It's okay. I want you to just, I'm just going to feel you. I'm going to feel what you feel like because it's just stored energy that wants to come out of the body. So I would do that and then I would need to take a deep breath. And then I would think the thought again and see if the tension had shifted and it normally had. It had either dissipated or it might move somewhere else in the body. And then I would think the thought again and I would do the same thing again and again until the energy around the thought had disappeared. So this is kind of another level. It's, it's doing the same thing as EFT is doing with words. I'm now doing at a deeper level of awareness with feeling of the feelings. So I just did, I did this a lot as well because I, I knew it was changing me so much. So I would then start lying on the sofa and I would do it at night and I would bring up these collective traumas. I would think about 9-11 or the Loma Prieta earthquake or the tsunami. I would bring those feelings up into my body, the physical sensations, and just feel them and let them dissipate and pass through. And at some point as I was doing this process, I realized that I could keep my awareness inside my body, which is really weird. I've never heard anyone doing this before. Um, and now I can do it. I can put my awareness inside my, inside my face, inside my teeth, inside my bones, in my skull. And um, at this point I have changed the structure of my skull in a way that I never knew was possible before. How do you hold your awareness inside these uh, specific body parts? Could you kind of describe that? I can try. It's, it's really hard. <laughs> but, but imagine you have either a toothache or a stomachache. While you have that ache going on, you can feel where it is, where you can put your awareness on that pain. You know where it is. But once the pain has gone, you probably can't get your awareness back to the actual place that it was because it's no longer there. So, But what I can do is I can put my awareness back inside where that was and I can hold it there. And that's taken practice through all these different layers of awareness. I can now hold it there and I can hold it there long enough. It only takes a few seconds. I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm accepting it. I'm allowing it to express itself. And I can feel the tension, which is the connected. It's in the connective tissue. I believe I'm, I'm feeling. I can, I can hear it and feel it let go 
release this old stored tension. And it sounds like old fabric ripping, which I believe is what it is. I think it's the connective tissue ripping inside. It's letting go of this tension that is held for a long time. So you hold the tension. Let's go back with what you were saying about 9-11. So there was a emotion attached to it when you heard about it. So you brought the dramatization back up and then you just allow it to dissipate while you observed it? Right. So I bring the memory up. I would hold the memory in mind. And as that came up, there would be physical sensations around that, the fear or the um, whatever it was. And we all hold, I think, memories around that event. And there's, there's that physical component to that. So I would notice where those feelings were, the, the physical sensations in my body and hold my awareness on those physical sensations and just allow them to express themselves, to, to just be felt, to be accepted and not be shut back down. It's, it's a really subtle thing that I'm doing here that, you know, we've suppressed everything for so long. So it's a, it's a new feeling to be able to actually allow those feelings to be. And then they would just dissipate. Once I hold my awareness on them long enough, they would just dissipate. And then I would bring the thought up again, see if there's something there still. If there was, I would do it again and then again and then again until the feelings have dissipated. And they really do. They just, they, it's just stuck energy that wants to come out of the body. So you don't place a judgment on it. You just simply just hold it because oftentimes what we do, generally speaking, is we judge it. And Absolutely. then it's stuck. Absolutely. Right. How many times we told you shouldn't hate someone or you shouldn't hate this or hate that. Well, if you actually allow the hate and think, oh, it's okay, this feeling of hate, what does it feel like in my body? Where am I feeling it? And just allow it to be, then it will pass through. And I'd much rather have hate gone from my body than be suppressed inside my body. So you bring this memory up and then you keep bringing it up until there's no longer that charge associated with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you're free. And we all have this capability. You don't have any magic portion potion or, you know, hocus pocus you're doing. You're like every, <laughs> every other human. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, but I started, I started from no awareness and just, just doing this work expanded the awareness deeper and deeper and deeper. Right, to a point I had no idea when I started this work that this was even possible. So it's just something that you can um, just work on. And yeah. Do you believe that certain or most physical ailments could be associated with the emotional trauma that we've experienced in our lives and we keep holding those traumas in our bodies and unreleased and it becomes something in physical ailment? I do. I mean, at this point I see this, it's so connected because, you know, when, when I started with EFT, right, I'm working with the emotions, but I'm still releasing tension inside the body. So those emotions were associated with some trauma. 
still releasing physically in the body. At each stage, it's releasing tension that's in the body, whether I'm using words or whether I'm using physical sensations. It's all physically held in the body. So the, you're holding it, well, you're holding your awareness on it. And which is a higher component? Is it the tapping associated with holding that emotion or just holding it, the emotion and allowing it to dissipate? I think those, are, they both work the same way. All of these work the same way. Or when we're using the words and the emotions, we're just kind of bypassing the conscious minds to get into the subconscious that's what the tapping works with so it's just a more direct way if you're working with the physical sensations and then it's an even more direct way if you're working on the the tension in the connective tissue itself but i think it's it's all doing the same thing just with a different method and it's all releasing tension in the body and that tension is dis-ease in the body and if mm. we can let let go of that dis-ease then things are going to get better do how long were you doing it uh, at night when you were doing these sessions uh, by yourself? You know, you okay? I tr you tried it about the you know the needle in your animal in your pet, and then you began to do other things. How much time did you begin dedicating? Yeah, when I did it with the needle, I don't know how long I spent, maybe, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. But when I was doing it consciously in, in the evening on each, each memory with emotions, I was doing an hour to an hour and a half each night. And it was, there was actually nothing that I would rather do because I could see what was changing and how much it was changing. And even to this day, I mean, it feels so good to let go of tension that's stored in the connective tissue has been stored for like, 20, 30, 40 years, it just feels really good. So it sounds like you fell in love with it. Yeah, no, it's something that is, it's working every second of every day. What we're getting in our life right now is a result of the signal that we've been putting out. So I had tried positive thinking and all these other things and nothing really seemed to change. And I realized that the biggest part of our signal is this tension that is stored inside of us from our history. And if I can change that, then what I'm going to be getting in my future is going to be different. So that's what I started doing. Right? So I'm releasing tension stored deeply in my connective tissue, which is then changing my signal. So I'm receiving different things now than I was before. You mentioned uh, earlier that you change your facial structure by just being able to do these, uh, hold your awareness and be inside of different parts of your body with that strong awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm, I hold my awareness on the tension in the connective tissue, which is, it took me a while to figure out that's what I was doing, but I can actually feel and hear it release. So I've done it enough in my face and in my head that you know, occasionally I will feel, actually feel the bones shift a little bit, but it was really good to get the, the new x-ray. One of them was from 2013 and then one of them was just from a couple of months ago. And you know, it blew my mind to actually see the physical changes that have happened. I mean, my eye sockets have aligned. My jaw was way off to the side and now it's, now it's more centered. 
my neck, I have scoliosis, um, so my neck has straightened. And to think that we can do that just with our focused awareness, without any physical manipulation of any kind, is just amazing to me. So we have so much power inside of us when we do this kind of work. What do you think hinders a person from believing? Because I think it comes down to believing as well. You're talking about your experience and you're sharing this great insight, but some people will not readily go about doing it, even though they know they want to change things in their lives. What, why, what's, what's going on with yeah, this human experience? Hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of fear. I mean, I remember being afraid of doing this work. One of the things that really helped me was asking myself or telling myself, well, what if these other people are right, right? These other spiritual teachers, they say these things. And if they're right, and I'm not changing, then what am I doing wrong? Or what, what am I not seeing? And that kind of helped me along the way. Another thing that really helped me was actually realizing that I'm putting off a signal every second. And so if I'm, what am I feeling right now in the second? And do I want to feel this way again in the future? Well, most of the time I could say no to that. It's like, no, I don't want to feel this way. So what do I have to do to change that? And so that's where I realized, okay, if I don't feel good right now, I'm going to tap or do something right now because I don't want to feel this way again. So that was something else that helped me. Another thing, when I had a group, I had a group that we would meet and tap. This was before COVID. And we would sit in a circle and I would play a series of chimes. And everyone sat with their eyes closed and they had to feel or hear the chimes. And then when I was finished, we would all open our eyes and everyone would share what they experienced. Now, some people, all they did was hear it hear the chimes with their ears. And others on the other end of the spectrum, people would feel those vibrations deep inside their bodies. So this kind of helped people understand from either end of the spectrum, that other people have a very different experience of sound and vibration. And if you're one of the people who just hears it with your ear, then you can realize, oh, there's a, another level of experience of awareness that I can aim for. And to me, that was great. I, I wanted to have more experience of life. So if I knew where I could go, that's part of the reason I'm sharing my story, because I want people to know how far we can go with awareness. That, that's something that helped me. So you said we can change our signals. We're literally drawing things into our lives experiences. We think things are happening out there, but literally it's happening in here, meaning on the inside of us, the inner process of the different things that we're constantly telling ourselves because we think between 50 to 70,000 thoughts in a day, and most of them are repetitive, negative thoughts. So we are drawing in these different experiences and then creating these experiences in the outer world. Meaning when someone comes up to us and says something negative, we are literally drawing these things into us. So we can change that 
by beginning to get into the awareness and begin to release these different emotions and traumas out of our our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. We're just replaying things, the programming we've had mostly in childhood. We're just replaying it over and over and over again. So it takes the awareness to or the will to decide to catch that, right? To notice when it's happening. And once you notice your thoughts, then you can do something about it, right? Then you can tap or then you can feel the feelings. And that shifts right then in that moment, that shifts your signal so that next time you won't feel exactly the same around the same events. It will be slightly different. And that's how you change your life one step at a time. Where on your body, where are the points that, you know, you tap? Right. There's a series of 10 points. Um, you first start with a karate chop point um, as you're saying what it is that's, that's happening or what you want to work on. So it might be something like, even though my dad used to hit me and I was afraid, that's my truth in this moment. And it's OK that I feel that way. Right. So that's kind of the opening statement as you're tapping on the karate chop points on your hands. Then you just shorten what you're saying. So my dad shouted at me. Um, the first point is the crown point where the cowlick is on the top of your head. You just tap there as you're saying the same thing. My dad shouted at me. Then the next point is the beginning of the eyebrows. My dad shouted at me. The next point is the bone on the edge of the eye. My dad shouted at me. The next point is the bone under the eye. My dad shouted at me. Next point is upper lip under the nose. My dad shouted at me. Then the lower um, on the chin underneath the lower lip. My dad shouted at me. Then on the collarbone, my dad shouted at me. And then the last point is about four inches under the armpit where your brass strap goes across, if you have one. My dad shouted at me. And then you take a deep breath and let it go. And then you bring the thought up again and you see how it's shifted. And you might tap again on the same thing or something might have shifted and you can tap on something else. So that's, that's how simple it is. Just keep in mind that you're working on the negative. It's the negative that is stored in the body and not the positive. The positive is already there underneath the negative. Do you do video sessions helping people or how do you? I, I can do. I have a, some videos on my YouTube channel that, that go through the process, go through both of the process that we've talked about. So you can definitely look at those videos. And there are thousands and thousands of videos online about EFT. Just remember to keep with the negative. A lot of people have moved more to the positive with EFT. And the positive doesn't need tapping out. It's the negative that needs tapping out. Right. This sounds like definitely you don't need to get rid of positive. We need all the <laughs> <laughs> all of the good memories yeah I think people think they're trying to tap it in but really because I can sense on the inside right I can put my awareness inside my body it just gets stuck on the negative once the, the tension once the negative is gone then it's freed up so we don't need to work with the positive in my experience at this point do are you able to sense when someone else is out of alignment when they are in your presence? Yeah, well, that's one of the great things. Right? We hear about the phrase, as within, so without, and it's totally true. So as your awareness grows on the inside, 
your awareness grows on the outside. So yes, you can see, I can see tension in, in people. I can see tension in the faces. I can tell when they're not breathing deeply into their body. Right? They, um, if, if someone doesn't want to see something in the body, if they're hiding something from you, then they're not breathing fully into their body. Because when you, when you breathe fully into their bo your body, you're, you're seeing it all. So yes, it's, it's kind of fun to, to have that experience now. What does your family say about this, you know, this radical transformation that you've uh, endeavored? <laughs> they don't really say much. Um, my husband is not at all into spirituality, so he's still an engineer. So, but, but they have definitely noticed that I'm so much calmer than I used to be, which is nice because everyone around me is then calmer too. So you, it sounds like you had some anxiety uh, as well associated with that. Oh, I did. Yeah, I would say I had PTSD. I was, yes, very anxious. I had, yeah, I had a lot of things going on and that's, pretty much all gone it's really nice in fact now you know I, I pulled away from watching the news and and that kind of thing for a long time while I did this work but now kind of like I did with finding those collective traumas now I will watch the news I want to know what triggers me still because I know that I can work on that so I'm very aware of how I'm feeling during the day and I use each opportunity I can get to work at a deeper level and to let it go Okay, so someone is hearing us right now, and they're hearing you tell your story and your experience, and they want to change themselves, and but they don't know where to start. They know they've experienced some trauma, and like you, they had they held everything in, and they don't know where to start. What could they begin doing to help bring some things up? Well, if you're willing, I would look at EFT and just, just learn the points. And then as you go about your day, become more aware. Tell yourself you're going to become aware of how you feel throughout the day. And just check in. It's like, how am I feeling now? Just ask yourself because and, and know that that's your signal. And if it doesn't feel good to you, maybe head to the bathroom and do some tapping if you don't want to do it right where you are. And just see if you can relax a little bit more in each moment. So just you, it's okay to start off with two minutes, five minutes, and it can grow just like anything else. We began doing something, even a negative thing, we can begin doing something small and it grows. Absolutely. Yes. Just, I mean, just do one round, just do two rounds, just, just, just for a few seconds and start noticing how powerful it is, right? Noticing that it really does relax you as you do it. And then you'll be incentivized to do it some more. So we are powerful beings. That, that showed you how powerful you are by going through this process of tapping and your awareness and being able to be hold your awareness inside of different body parts. That has to be like out of this world, so to speak, because it moves beyond just the physical senses and that's how often a lot of people especially I would say especially in this day and age with computers and we are not really connected physically and it's so easy to just be 
this is what I see, see, do, and just, you know, that, you know, that back and forth and not being able to really take a step back and noticing things and being in your body. Right. We use a lot of things to, to um, suppress, right? We'll, if we're feeling, if we're feeling something negative that's coming up that we don't want to feel, we will do something about it, like drink something or eat something or watch something or pick up a phone, right? So this is a way to notice, notice just before you do that, what is it that you're feeling that you're not wanting to feel? And maybe, you know, maybe tap right then just a little bit and see if you can let that feeling come up and express itself. Cause that's all it wants to do. It's just stuck energy. And if every time we suppress it, 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 it probably will get worse and worse, right? But it's certainly not going to get better if we keep suppressing it. So this is just a way that you can start to let that energy out of the body. So we need to change our perspective on what we feel instead of restricting ourselves. We have to really release ourselves. So it's a change in our mind process. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, you know, say to go inside, right? Go inside. But a lot of times, actually, most of the time, I think when people say that, they're thinking go inside the mind because they don't know that you can actually go inside the body, right? It's not the, it's not the thinking mind I'm using to do this. It's the feeling mind. So you're, you're working a different muscle when you're doing this. You're becoming aware of the feelings, the, the body, the physical sensations. So it's just a slightly different twist on what we're hearing. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's powerful. So what, uh, do you have a website? I do. My website is annhints.com. Um, I also have a public Facebook page that I'm happy to answer any questions on if someone wants to just um, put a comment on one of my posts. And I have that YouTube channel. And I also have my book, right? I wrote my book, A Pathway to Insight, which details my journey and details the different steps that I took along the way that someone else can also take. Where can people find your book? On Amazon, or you can ask your local bookstore to get it for you. So what, so did your experience uh, elicit you writing this book? It did. And I'm so glad I wrote it at the time I did because I've, I've moved beyond and it's you know sometimes hard to remember exactly what the steps were that I went through. So um, I'm really, yeah, I'm happy that I wrote it when I did. What's your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? <laughs> okay, what more? Um, <laughs> hopefully you've got a lot out of this so far. But as I said, I think I the, the first step is just becoming aware and knowing that there are other experiences that you might not have had yet, but you can have. It just takes some more awareness. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.